1: Just like that. Second hour is here, Thursday edition. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Join us on YouTube, streaming live there. If you're listening live on this great radio partner, we say thank you. You can always search us on YouTube uh, by typing in Outkick and subscribing to the channel. Get all the shows across the network. Plus, uh, you can be alerted to when there's added content, whenever the shows go live, get the notification. You can also join us live in the chat. Chad, is, uh, when I say it, it's a feverish typing uh, and uh, goal for him to get as many answers in during a, a break, he's been doing nothing. But it sounds like you're, you're writing an essay.
2: I am. I'm, I'm working on my essay. This is kind of like my Monroe Doctrine that I'm working on over here today. Uh, I joked about not being able to nuke someone. Yeah, it's my manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> um, Still you may got, find one in someone's got to clarify how, how one <laughs> how you go from essay or diary to manifesto. I, I, anyway, um, I joked about not being able to nuke someone from there, and the moment I did, like a bot showed up, then just put like yeah. letters down forty-seven threads yeah. in a row, and we need that nuked. But I, I don't know AI how. AI is a
1: subscriber apparently
2: are so, th- we're, back, we're back on it now, though. Now, now we're back to normal post.
1: Armando Salguero joins us in 20 minutes. Uh, Ryan Leaf joins us in the third hour, coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes from now. Uh, we will uh, have him on. We're looking forward to previewing uh, the NFL slate of games with uh, Armando um, from com in 15 to 20 minutes. Chad, speaking of the week two schedule, of course, half the league is 0-1 after week one. There are only two games with half the league 0-1, that feature 0-1 versus 0-1. Colts, Texans, Chargers, Titans are the two matchups. That's it. But there are a, a ton of teams. If you look at the list, there are several teams that I mean we lost on the money line or lost on the point spread uh, based on what we expected in the matchup from several quarterbacks and franchises that routinely win as of late. That are 0 1 and facing, staring down an 0 2 start potentially. In the NFC, uh, not many Giants, Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, Bears, Panthers. In the AFC, Patriots, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, Titans, Texans, Colts. That's quite the list, especially considering uh, mentioning the Vikings. Vikings play tonight on the road in Philadelphia. Uh, the Bills come off their loss to the Jets and Zach Wilson and now will face the 1-0 Las Vegas Raiders at home. I think that's a bounce-back game potential. Uh, Chiefs are on the road in Jacksonville and the Chargers are on the road here in Nashville Sunday. So, a uh, big exhibit. Bengals. Bengals are another one uh, as, as well as uh, the Steelers facing an 0-2 start. Um, I'm going to ask Ryan Leaf about the the team that faces the most detriment if they have the 0-2 start versus the team that's likely clawing out of it regardless based on their talent. But a lot of teams there, Chad, with expectations that need to be met or, you know, wanting to make a, another run in the playoffs that the 0-2 start traditionally doesn't set you up very well for postseason play. A, a bit better now, though, because of the seventh team in each conference that gets in as a wild card.
2: Well, really tough for a team like Minnesota to yes. get Tampa Bay at home. And there's so much talk about how bad Tampa Bay is going to be. They were yeah. clearly upset with that with some of their post-game comments about how it was just a foregone conclusion they were going to be terrible. Uh, everybody had a lot of fun joking and laughing at Baker Mayfield and uh, Kyle Trask throw throw balls during training camp where it was just nowhere near one after the other. And they went up there and they beat Minnesota. Now you got to face the Eagles. Yeah. On the road on a Thursday night. That's, a, that's tough circumstances for Minnesota trying to, not, to avoid
1: oh. 0-2. And we'll, we'll hit on this later. But on a short week now, after the quarterback that you faced in week one admitted that he had figured out your defensive signals. You've got to yeah. change those up too. Not on good a, all the way around. a week of two days of practice and then a travel date yesterday with a game tonight in Philly. Chad, um, game on Saturday starting late. Primetime is backed up a bit. Colorado, Colorado State kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern. And I can't wait to see the rating on this, truly, because yeah. of the hype and the buildup of both Fox and ESPN sending their shows, Big Noon Kickoff and College Game Day, to Boulder for Colorado, Colorado State.
2: I'd be interested to see. Uh, here's a uh an important ratings window battle that I really want to see come Monday morning. Colorado, Nebraska, and Texas, and Alabama, virtually the same number. Yes. Uh, slightly more people watched Texas, their win over Alabama, than watched the big game kickoff game. But they were right there, dead even. What is the? What are the ratings, what did it look like between Tennessee, Florida at 7 p.m., and then right after that, Colorado, Colorado State? Do more people tune in late night for Colorado, Colorado State than Tennessee, Florida? Yeah, which is the best I, game of, of this week? I, I w- think Tennessee, Florida is going to have a bigger number. I'd love to see the first half if versus second half rating guess, of yeah, Colorado, Colorado, but Colorado State. I, I would like to see the peak of both. Yes, and see what it what it looks like. That that'll be an interesting one to watch. Here's what's interesting about Deion Sanders right now in Colorado football. Well, pretty much everything <laughs> to the sporting public because sixty minutes. It's going to be there. Not just big noon kickoff. Not just ESPN College Game Day. You've got first take on ESPN going live from there. I know Pat McAfee is going to do a show wherever game day goes on on Friday. Just saw an announcement that The Rock is going to join Pat McAfee live in Boulder, Colorado. The Rock is going to the game. Over 100 high school prospects, some of the best in the country, are going to go to this game. Cameras are going to be everywhere. Everyone's going to be watching it. So if you're Jay Norvell, head coach at Colorado State, now would be the time to try to get some of that attention on you and your program. And he did so by saying, again, it's a funny diss from him, but basically saying, hey, I, when I met with ESPN, I made sure to take off my sunglasses and hat because my mom and dad taught me to do that. That's how you treat people with respect. Throwing shade at Deion Sanderson. I don't care if they hear about this in Boulder. No, you should care if they hear about it in Boulder. Why? Because if they hear about it in Boulder, they're going to hear about it everywhere. You never feud down. You don't want to do that. If you're Deion Sanders, I don't think it serves you well to go after Jay Norvell and, and pitiful little Colorado State. But if you're Jay Norvell in Colorado State and you're building a program and you want some attention, this is brilliant. I, I applaud him for feuding up with Deion Sanders. Now is the time to get a little bit of shine on your own program. And I think doing that is, is just smart. It's good promotion. It's good business. For Jay Norvell, everyone's quick to react and say, well, now Deion's really going to lay the hammer to Colorado State. He was doing that anyways. Deion Sanders isn't going into this game tiptoeing, saying, you know, he's got a shirt he's wearing that says, ain't hard to find. A guy that wears a shirt that says, ain't hard to find, and wears sunglasses and hat everywhere he goes, isn't putting the backup quarterback in to take a knee late in the game, regardless of what Jay Norvell said. Jay Norvell could have offered up a prayer circle the way Matt Rule did, with Deion Sanders pregame, and it wouldn't have mattered. He's going to try to hang sixty on him. That's what Deion Sanders does. He's going to continue to do it. That's how his program operates. I think it's smart for Jay Norvell to throw a little shade at Deion Sanders and get a little bit of the talk about this game off of him and on to Norvell and Colorado State for a little bit. I think it's smart because he probably since people weren't talking about him or his team at all in this matchup. Everyone's going to watch it because Deion and Colorado's two and zero. And he took his shot. I applaud him for it. I see nothing wrong
1: with it. He may, While nothing really changes in the mindset of the game, he may dance on the grave a bit more or a bit longer in postgame. Yeah. But everyone was dancing on Colorado's grave at, one, well, at a one-win team a year ago. And also, how do you feud up if you're Dion? It's coming in the next two weeks, program-wise. Yeah, USC. And Oregon. Yeah, both of them. And, and on the road, by the way. And then you feud up as well by upsetting one of those. But you also do it through recruiting. And that's where you feud up with the other programs that are not on your schedule. Because they'll start chirping. Well, they it, will. It's,
2: it's also... Here's the thing about Dion, and we saw it with his son. They can just make stuff up. Yes. I mean, they're going to dance on your grave regardless. You could say nothing. You could say nothing but nice things about it. They're going to dance on your grave. That... That is becoming their mo. That's if, what they're going to do. If there's not a slight that exists, like we saw with Nebraska, they're going to make one up to make it personal. We sat there and watched Shador Sanders lie about Matt Rule and his team and what he said and what they were doing post game, and people just chuckle about it and laugh. It doesn't have to be true for them to to play that way to to go against someone. They can just make it up. But they've done it, it before. It wasn't
1: it wasn't Dion that had the comments though. Post game is what I mean. It was Shador. Yeah. And it would be more Dion as well post-game if you run up the score. And they, they will try to do so.
2: Yeah. I just think they're going to do so whenever they get a chance on anyone. I don't know that there's anyone that Deion Sanders respects oh. enough not to run the score up on them.
1: Yeah. And they're, you're right. Every week will be a soap opera in some way. And if there's a, a coach who respects line.
2: enough not to do it... um He would still – those coaches are at programs that are so good that he would absolutely take his shot to run up the score if he ever had a chance to on one of those teams.
1: But he may be able to run up the score in recruiting. by And not just in the high school aspect. I'm saying in the transfer portal. Because players are going to want to go follow him based on what they're
2: doing now and how they'll turn over the roster again and again. I think what also this is all going to spark, it's not just now Deion Sanders. We see this with Norvell. Yeah. I, I never heard Jay Norvell speak before today, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's just being honest. Like, I'm not, didn't pay a lot of attention when he was at, I think, Nevada before. Not paying a lot of attention to him at yeah. Colorado State. I, I've never heard the guy in an interview until that. By the way, Colorado State plays. In Middle Tennessee next yeah, week, you're going to get the best sound bites out of everyone else. This not, is the
1: this is the week to do it. You're right.
2: Yeah, not not just Dion though. Like everyone, Matt Rule had an impassioned yeah. sound bite the day after. You know when they get back on Monday with his press conference after Shador Sanders called him out. So everyone's going to get well, on this. And when someone curb stomps Colorado, whether it be Oregon, USC, or whoever. Those coaches are going to say, say more than they normally say. They do, but uh,
1: you're, you're going to Which is to going get, to lead to more entertainment. The more I think about it, you're right about Norvell doing this because um, how much did the rule presser after the game get covered? Not much compared to the post-game with Shadur Sanders. Yeah. And...
2: and well, the, the rule didn't comment on it until Monday I when asked about it because that was all taking place simultaneously. Well, but, t- you know when it was. But by happening then,
1: there. I guess what the way I'm thinking is by then the networks are on to the next fight promotion. By then, yeah. So it's Dion setting the narrative for the new fight this coming week. It, it's almost a you know a, a teaser or a promo or a a preview,
2: a movie preview as to why to. Buy into the fight. Well, I mean, look, Colorado State's not getting any attention after this, right? So it's the week of that, the build up to it. You're right, the fight promotion, the Don King aspect of this, getting ready. Dana White promoting a big yeah. fight. You want to get your attention the week leading up to the game because the moment the clock hits zero, ESPN College Game Day is not rolling into Fort Collins the next week, even if they beat no. Deion in Colorado and this it, week. I, it,
1: it, 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 they're telling us they're there for the first time since two thousand three. Um, or sorry, 1996. 1996, yeah. 1996. Any opponent that they were playing this week, game day would be there.
2: It's nuts to think that... It does, I mean... The, the Colorado of my childhood with Bill McCartney was yeah. a factor every year. And even in 1994, you've got the Cordell Stewart to Michael Westbrook, hell Mary. I think that was the year at Michigan the in week, the Big the House. The year
1: after, you're saying, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's crazy to me that 20, 30 years... 30 years pass before college game day. A a game is important enough at Colorado to have college game day there on campus. The the fact that both
1: networks are there, just in perspective, like other matchups that one or ESPN could have picked, and then they could have gone to the game day, and they probably will again, USC coming to Boulder in week five. But they passed up on Tennessee, Florida. Uh, Georgia, they didn't pass up on
2: much. I, I will say, well, like th- I, we'll get into my but, college football games the week tomorrow. But but when I unveil this top ten list, it's very weak. Well, but so this see, was a good week for them to do this. It is, but they passed up on SEC matchups. Yeah, this is like the week they went Their to Montana, partner, Montana State, and the future a year ago the, in November. right? The they picked partner,
1: the, the light week, and they're picking the Pac twelve that is dead in the water again. Like, yeah, that, but they do have the contract. They're airing the game but they're sending the entire crew there more than just game day. What you mentioned, uh, first take and I'm sure McAfee will be there probably tomorrow. He was there last, last week as well for game day. Here's
2: here's where you feel bad. So uh, I get it for you. You know, ESPN has the game that night too. So that's good promotion for them to have college game day there. Big noon kickoff and Fox, they, they decided early on, this is our gravy train. The Deion Sanders story, so they're going to keep writing it out. So it's smart because we were expecting now, two blowouts. Here's opposite. here's where you feel left out of the party, which they, maybe they don't care because they just got blown up by Kansas on a Friday night. Big noon game of the, the big noon kickoff this week. The big noon game on Fox, Penn State at Illinois. How many chances is Champaign, Illinois, going to have to have the pregame show? You're right for Fox there because usually they go to the game they're airing. This is the and only and they time, skipped right past. This that. This is
1: the only time they're. This is the first time. That they're not at they're the skipping that they're the game going
2: into. So I mean, look, I are on a different campus. Nationally, we're not as concerned about Illinois. Right, right. And, and but if you're from if the business, Illinois football program and Brett Bielema and the city of Champaign, pretty cool to have that on your campus because you're not going to be playing a lot of big noon kickoffs on Fox. Illinois is not this year. You wouldn't think in that so. big ten package. But you get one and on that one, they're going back to Boulder. There are some that
1: are predicting Illinois to win that game as an upset. I'm not, I'm not it. doing
2: that. It is a pretty substantial line. Was it was just it was 14 and a half. Penn no. State's favored by 14 and a half. I would take Penn State in the points. I doubt I'll play it, but I think Penn State wins uh, pretty comfortably in
1: this game. Coming up, Armando Salguero is about to join us in four minutes, and a, a lot to discuss across the NFL. Will certainly get his review of the weekend in the Meadowlands where he was... Was he there? Yeah, he's at MetLife for both games. Nice. For the Cowboys' destruction of the G-Men, and then he was in attendance and covered the Rodgers
2: injury. Is he going to have a line like O.J. Simpson had about the game? <laughs> no. Hopefully not. No, he won't. I don't want to have to be issuing any apologies no. on behalf of Romano for our viewers.
1: Yeah, different expectations for Armando, who's great. He joins us next in the Hot Mic. 6th and Peabody, our location with Iha Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow here on Al Kick. Pleased to be joined by our favorite guest, Armando Salguero, joins us. Always happy. Always on top of all things NFL news. Definitely coming to us remember. from a
2: different time zone because it's night wherever well, he is right now. It's well, dark outside
1: of MetLife Stadium. He's Look at 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 that. MetLife uh, where he practically lived for week one. <laughs> he was there. Well, so... The opening act, Armando, good to have you back on the show. The opening act was Dallas and New York Giants. And wow, uh, what what a performance by Dallas and what a dud by everything G-Men. And then the main event was Rodgers and the debut in the same stadium at MetLife. And Armando, uh, back-to-back games where you had to be covering the the weekend of surprise is how I would describe it. Uh, and of course the injury with Rogers is detrimental.
0: Dark times in, uh, in Gotham. Let's yeah. put it that yes. way. Right. So the giants get blown out 40 to nothing. And the jet season is over because Aaron Rodgers goes down with an Achilles tear that puts him out for the season. And I, yes, you heard me right. The jet season is over. Um, I'm hearing a lot of, and I heard it in the locker room after the game, Zach Zach Wilson is going to be fine. Zach Wilson is much better. Zach Wilson, very good. Zach Wilson, outstanding. Zach Wilson has improved behind Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. Zach Wilson is an inexperienced, got to rise five notches to be average type of quarterback. The Jets season, it, it if they have to score points on offense, they better be able to run the ball because Zach is not going to win them a lot of games. Does that mean that they're going to be a terrible team? No, but the expectation wasn't don't be a terrible team. The expectation is let's go win a Super Bowl. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen I don't know that they're gonna. They have a playoff defense. They have playoff special teams. They don't have a playoff quarterback.
1: Because of accountability, right? Like, they just saying that the offense wasn't the issue or let the uh, the rest of the team down in, in New England uh, last November. And and I, I totally agree with you, by the way. And it's it's because the organization sentiment was they were a quarterback away from. Super Bowl expectations, and I, it's hard to believe—at least from how I view it, from the thirty-thousand-foot view—that internally in that locker room, everyone was, you know, elated that Rodgers came out of the cave and saw Gain Green, and they weren't going to have to go back to Zach Wilson for another season. They were and, elated
2: and, to see Mike White. And now, a year ago when he came in,
1: yeah, but over Zach Wilson, they also weren't sad whenever he signed with Miami. But I, I, I get what you're saying too. And now it's like four snaps in. We're back to where we were last year.
0: Yeah. um, And again, what you're going to hear and what we've been hearing out of the Jets locker room is Zach is much improved.
1: Yeah. With the Uh, no look passes. That's great.
0: Okay. No, I I get it. He's he. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's he's much improved. But. The the gap between much improved and good is still quite wide. And what I'm saying to you is they go to Dallas this weekend, I believe, to play the Cowboys. The Cowboys in two weeks are going to be the reason that New York football teams are very, very, very depressed because the Dallas Cowboys defense is the real thing. That those guys. They come at you in waves. They cover well. Uh, I mean, there's not anything they can't do on defense well. They they have speed. They've got big guys in the middle. It, the Jets will find out what it's like to, um, to be the New York Giants, I guess.
1: So the sentiment, is at least they're pushing – publicly is zach wilson is much improved and i was about to ask you how did the bills lose that game and then i thought well my my perception is josh allen has got to be much much more improved when it comes to pushing the issue making poor decisions when throwing the football turning the ball over and he's just not josh allen is the reason why they lost that game and that's also troubling for buffalo
0: Yeah, Josh Allen uh, has 23 turnovers in the last two seasons to lead the NFL. Josh Allen has 84 turnovers in six seasons that he's been in the NFL, and that leads the NFL. What I'm saying to you is the statistics and our eyes are telling us Josh Allen needs to be more careful with the football. Josh Allen, to be a good quarterback, You have to throw it to your guys. How's that for some Confucius stuff right there? (laughs) Throw it to your guys, uh, Josh, and don't throw it to who? The other guys. And I saw a lot of hero ball and Josh Allen wanting to put the game away, thus gambling and risking what, didn't need to be risked or gambled because, I mean, nine times out of 10, the Buffalo Bills should beat that team, the New York Jets, as long as Aaron Rodgers is not in the lineup. And he wasn't after four plays, which you just mentioned. And yet Josh Allen found a way to lose a lead in the second half. He found a way to turn the ball over four times. Because people forget he also fumbled twice and lost one of those. So four turnovers for a career high. Um, I I I I'm a big Josh Allen advocate, but what I saw on Monday night, that was that was cringy. That was not that needs to be addressed immediately.
2: Armando, let's stay in that AFC East how quickly we forget because of all the drama surrounding Tua and the concussions and injuries and everything else and him bulking up and you know Ryan Clark calling him a fat stripper and all the other things this offseason we forget just how good that offense is when Tua Tungavailoa mm-hmm. is operating at a high level and they showed that once again in LA against the Chargers on Sunday terrific win for the dolphins to open the season
0: and Look, I'm going to be perfectly transparent and honest with you, okay? The Dolphins have a very good offense. It's not that good. The reason it was that good on Sunday is because Brandon Staley is bad. Brandon Staley, unlike the rest of the earth, apparently wasn't aware that Tyreek Hill is good. And so Brandon Staley, the head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers, decided, We're going to man cover Tyreek Hill like a lot. And even after he's torched us and I'm wearing stripe marks of, of, you know, like I'm burning, (laughs) I've got flames on my chest. We are going to continue to man cover Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill toasted them for 215 yards. And so what I'm saying to you is, if Brandon Staley was, was an average to middling head coach in the NFL, he would have adjusted. Understand, he's not the defensive coordinator, but he is the defensive coach. Yeah. Brandon Staley's background is defense. And so while I, I'm with you, the, the Dolphins offense looked really good. I mean, it looked dynamic. I also understand that It might not look that way against Bill Belichick. Just saying. I mean, uh, my guess is Bill Belichick will watch that film, mumble some guttural sound under his breath about Brandon Staley being dopey and do something different and make the Dolphins beat them, you know, with Jalen Waddle. And by the way, Jalen Waddle's good. very good. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a bad choice that he would be making. But you know what? It's a worse choice that let Tyreek Hill run run all over the field with one guy chasing him.
1: At, at least Tua is throwing Tyreek Hill the football for the entire game. What is Minnesota thinking where Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, seven catches, 138 in the first half, two targets in the second half, what happened there? And that leads us to tonight's matchup, Vikings on the road against Philadelphia for Thursday Night Football.
0: Perfect example of the other team makes adjustments and makes the quarterback, who is a paint-by-numbers kind of guy, Kirk Cousins, he decides, well, they're, they've got my main guy covered. I have to go elsewhere. My progressions, my reads tell me to go elsewhere with the football. And that's what Kirk Cousins did. But you know why that happened? Because the guys in the other locker room got tired of chasing Justin Jefferson. Uh, that's what most NFL teams do. They You you torch them and they l- reach for the nearest fire extinguisher to try to put themselves out.
1: I, I'm reading the quote as you say this from Jefferson this week. I feel like I wasn't really covered that much in the second half to where I couldn't get the ball. And I, Hey, double teamed or not. He's the, I mean, I'm throwing the ball to him
0: fair. Uh, and he has shown us multiple times that even when he's covered, he's not covered because he's Justin Jefferson and arguably the best and, you know, wide receiver in the NFL, if not top two. So, and I get that Mm. Justin Jefferson thinks he's covered when he's under a blanket. (laughs) <laughs> uh, not covered, rather, when yeah. he's under a blanket. So fair. whatever he said, thanks, Justin, but you were Looking uh, ahead to week two,
1: Armando, uh, and, and just thinking about Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and a, staring down a potential 0-2 start in that division, Joe Burrow remains on the injury report. He's a full participant in practice, but he's sore. His calf is sore, according to uh, that he uh, both burrow and his head coach this this is not trending in the right direction just simply because we know Rodgers also had a calf injury and we saw the Achilles injury as well
0: yeah um joe burrow is one of those guys that needs to practice to be good mm. i mean he's great yes okay then we just agree but some guys need the 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 work They need the work during the week to be fully, fully there, fully aware, fully engaged, and fully ready. And he hasn't been practicing. And, you know, he obviously missed practically all of training camp Mm -hmm. because of the calf injury. Uh, This is the third year in a row that he misses. I think we've talked about this. That he misses a good deal of training camp for one reason or another. Last year, it was the appendicitis. The year before that, it was, you know, he was coming back from the ACL injury. So it's always something, man, uh, right. with this guy. But um, my guess is that by the end of the season, he will show up. The question is does the alarm clock sound for him early enough to wear the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, you know, factor in the lead of the AFC North because the Cleveland Browns are no joke. They have a really good roster. The reason that they weren't that good last year is because their quarterback was terrible, and the quarterback situation was not great, even when Jacoby Brissett was playing. So you gotta you gotta wake up, Joe, and you gotta get that thing right because it's just. All I can say to you is that uh, the Bengals will factor by the end of the season. Now, the Steelers, they ran into the best team in the NFL. Mm. Who did I pick to win the Super Bowl this year? Was it the Buffalo
2: Bills? No. <laughs> it was the 49ers. Yeah. I, I, I say the Bills because I picked the Bills to beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So that doesn't look great after uh, after week well, one.
0: But yeah, it is only one me- week. Right. Exactly. Week two is the trend. You know, week one is the overreaction week in the NFL. Week two is the, we find the trends. Yeah. And, you know, Kenny Pickett, you mentioned the Steelers. Okay. So, Kenny, you were were really good in the preseason. As a matter of fact, your 158.3 or whatever it was is like a perfect quarterback rating. Is it 158.3 or 158.6? Whatever. But. You were like you look you played, you did not look marvelous in that first game. You look like poo. And so if you do it again, now we've got a trend.
1: Armando Salguero has been our guest. Up against it, Armando. You're always the best. Thank you for joining us. We love this visit each and every week.
0: I will continue this week now to uh practice my Nando uh impersonation because you two guys look marvelous <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, marvelous coverage at Outkick.com on the NFL you can get that from more Billy Sal-Gero. Crystal on this
2: show that's for sure
1: we got headlines and much more straight ahead here on Hot Mic Hi, Mike. With, with our Withrow rolls on. Coming up in 20 minutes. One big thing on every NFL game for Week 2. And Ryan Leaf, he joins us in 40 minutes from right now. Always looking forward to that. On the call for a big college football matchup each week. And then uh, throughout part of the season in the NFL slate, part of Westwood One's coverage for their radio broadcasts for the NFL matchups. Chad, um, an interesting... An interesting discussion on Get Up on ESPN with Marcus Spears. And he's discussing Josh Allen and the relationship with Stefan Diggs. And we know there was there was some friction. There was some preseason drama. Friction. With it didn't Diggs. last long, but maybe behind the scenes, who knows? But I'll read the quote and reading between the lines, it's it's an interesting um mindset let's put it that way he's getting this from somewhere quote the point is josh allen is a turnover machine as good as his ceiling is we saw it we saw it when they went to kansas city and went toe-to-toe with pat mahomes could have made an argument he played better we've seen it time and time again That's why you don't talk about it in that context. But Josh Allen is playing football to where he's going to lose his top target in Stephon Diggs. Diggs is tired of having to get this dude's confidence back in games, telling him to be smart with the football. Don't do this, don't do that. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen turning the football over like he does. The mention of Diggs there, always having to get Allen back in, and we saw that firsthand Monday night. Uh, right before they got the football back to go get a field goal, which they did to tie the game. Diggs goes up to him and tries to snap him back into, hey, man, we're going to roll now. We got this. And it was Diggs that was targeted in that matchup on the opposite side of Sauce Gardner. That is what he's referencing. And Spears is saying this happens far too often to one of the best quarterbacks that we reference in the NFL today. In Josh Allen. I don't, he's not wrong, but I'm also using this in the context of what happened this offseason, Chad, and knowing there was something off there. There's
2: no, there's a lot going on from the way the season ended last year against Cincinnati at at home. Yeah. Right? There's the whole thing about showed up to camp and wasn't there, and then Sean McDermott having to talk about it, and oh, now he's fine. Maybe he stormed out of a practice or something. There's this air of instability with Stefan Diggs and how he feels about uh, not necessarily the team, but his situation and maybe also the quarterback. And I, I can't think, Hutton, of many great quarterbacks throughout the history of the league that you have another player on the team having to go to them to get them refocused or tell them to be smart or tell them to get ready to go. Most of the great quarterbacks are the ones talking to everyone on the sideline. Hey, we're going to go school right here. You know, they're going down the line, their offensive line, their receivers. They're getting them ready to go, not the other way around. I don't know that Josh Allen has to have that. Uh, you know, uh, Stefan Dix pointing to his head and saying, you know, get your head in it. I, I don't know that that's some grand statement. I just, as an observation, how many times do you see great quarterbacks having receivers tell them to get their head in the game on the sideline? I, that's a bit of a red flag for me, for, for Josh Allen, who's a, who's a great talent. It's I not just can't the, think of many it's times where
1: – not top-shelf quarterback.
2: There's a teammate going up and saying, you know, hey, let's go. We're going to go school right here. Come on, we can do this. It's normally the quarterback picking everyone else well, up. Well,
1: stop thinking about the previous play kind of thing. Yeah. That, yeah. So uh, Diggs was on the Von Miller podcast, the Voncast, and spoke about the situation. Uh, and, of course, it's Von Miller's a teammate not available until mid-October or so based on the starting on PUP. Um, he mentions to listening to Drake at one point, and sometimes I do poke the bear, Dig said majority of the time it's Twitter or Instagram. And I say, listen, it's social media, use it how you want, but we're all grown people. And as an adult, I feel like I'm honest in whatever I say, but I feel like at one point, some people dive too deep into things or take it however they want. He was quoting uh, a Drake song on social and, Then he clears the air about how he feels about Allen. Quote, I'll also say I'm not responsible for how people react to things. I'm not responsible for how somebody feels. I'm more so responsible in how I carry it, and I'm just happy to have my quarterback. That was Diggs on the Voncast. Again, I don't think it's bubbled to the surface. I do think it's like a pot that's on the stove that's heating up, and it's starting to bubble at the bottom. On the stove.
2: Yeah, and just reading between the lines, I think he's saying, uh, I, I can't help it if the quarterback's overly sensitive. Right. About me or about something I said or I've done. You know, it's not – that's not my job to worry about people's feelings is kind of what he's saying when I say something or do something. It's not good. It. Uh, Josh Allen Wolf- was very much not good in that game. And this whole reaction to it and seeing the receiver pointing to his head and saying, get your head back in the game, I just – yeah. It's not becoming of a franchise quarterback capable of winning a Super Bowl. And you know what? I'll agree with Marcus Spears on that one. Yeah,
1: I agree. And Armando's right. Week two is when we find out trends. You know, overreaction can turn into a trend. Or not. You know, lies and truths of what happens in week one. Sunday's game against the Raiders is exactly that for the Bills. A lot of uh, those in the... uh, the profession of, of sports wagering that make a living off of it. They're taking uh, the Bills, just as Davy Hudson did yesterday in the elimination pool, to cover. Not not just to win, but to cover, which is like well, nine the, or the ten Raiders points The Raiders are right coming now.
2: off an impressive win yeah, uh, in week one over the Broncos. And they have so. a quarterback
1: that wins. It's not always
2: yeah, I, pretty. I think the Bills are going to be fine. I don't see them as an 0-2 team. And I think that they're going to bounce back in this game also. I, it just... This is a good thing to bring up because we need to watch it now. Yes. Throughout the season. This this whole Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen thing. And it's got me now, not just watching the Josh Allen commercials during the commercial breaks, but watching his demeanor on the sideline during the game. Because I've never really thought of him as someone that needs to be picked back up or mentally restored during a game. But maybe that's the case. Chad, uh, something to follow as well,
1: what we were following, and – what maybe we don't see in Buffalo or will based on week two, the NFL doesn't want us to see uh, or the audience to see certain celebrations or taunting. And uh, Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit lions last week, a week ago tonight uh, scores a touchdown and then celebrates by thrusting at the football. Um, And he was, Quote, he's going to get fined by doing that. How many thrusts are you allowed? Well, I don't know the number, but apparently the officials do. Here's the quote. I hit it, boom, no flag. I get to the sideline, sit down, celebrate, boom. And then my receiver coach, who is Antoine randall L, is like, hey, Saint, one more time. And they said we were going to throw the flag. And I'm like, it's done now. I got it off. Ain't no more pumps. Apparently, the ref told our head coach that if he does one more pump, (laughs) then we'll throw the flag. And then he told our receiver, guards, and he told me. Amonra St. Brown, uh, celebrating with the thrusts at the football.
2: This is so funny. I think of uh, Ashley Schaefer, BMW. One more pump. Vicious thrust when I hear that. Yeah. One more pump,
1: and we're going to throw the flag.
2: I just The the mental image of uh, a middle-aged man that's officiating an NFL game getting close to the groin of a player to count pumps on the touchdown well. celebration is hilarious <laughs> to me. He's counting them That's one, that's two. One more, one more, and we're going to flag you for that. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Also, don't do the – just why? Well, I, well, Why do you need to pump the football and thrust the football yeah. on a touchdown celebration? Wait well, like, to, to hold it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I would have a very easy rule about this if I was a coach. It's just – we're not, here's what we're going to do next time. No pumps. If the ref is saying you're one pump away from a flag, instead of costing our team by doing dumb stuff, how about no pumps? No more pump celebrations. I took the, I don't think they're counting
1: the thrusting. I think the, the official is just saying, hey, I let that go one more time. One more thrust. And I would have thrown the flag. Meaning like, don't do it again. Yeah. And I, his response to Antoine Randall, I'm good. I got it off. We're good. Ain't so, no, ain't no more pumps.
2: Yeah. It, no, <laughs> that, that celebration's done. I, it Just celebrating fine, whatever. Like some of the team celebrations are funny and, and clever and all that. It, if you're going to do something that's definitely not going to get flagged, that is fun, I'm, I'm mostly okay with it.
1: But it's also – this is this is a key and pill skit in real life.
2: Yeah. I just don't – there's no need to go thrust after a touchdown. <laughs>
1: I just, I love the fact that he just owned it. He knew he was going to get fined when he did it, but no flags. And it sounded like he couldn't believe it when he got back to the sideline.
2: I don't. I just, I, I don't equate um, football with sexual activity, and I, I don't know why we need the crossover. Right. There's plenty of ways to celebrate, well, but I mean, and to pump yourself up without going that route.
1: The key and pill skit with Hingle McCringleberry or whatever yeah, the yeah. tight end. <laughs> yeah. The official is counting the thrusts in that skit. That's right. So here it is in real life. They don't want Hingle McCringleberry celebrated in the end zone. St. Yeah, Brown David in the YouTube chat
2: says Key and Peel say two okay, three pumps <laughs> equals flag, <laughs> verbatim from their old show. Oh, love it. Um, we have heard
1: from Aaron Rodgers for the first time since the, the injury, and uh, he posted on Instagram, "Thank you to every person that's reached out, called, texted, DM'd, connected through a friend, etc." It has meant a ton to me. I'll try to get back to all of you soon. Uses a heart emoji. I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all of the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts. Broken heart emoji. Yeah. Yes. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the I'll healing process I'll narrate the emojis,
2: Sutton for you. Prayer emoji. Prayer hands emoji. Uh, is that an infinity emoji and a heart emoji?
1: The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall <laughs> rise yet again.
2: Proud of my guys, 1-0. Is he previewing another darkness retreat with that, that he's going to rise from another darkness retreat to find the answer, or that he's going to rise? It's a good message, and one that I read and I say, he's coming back next year. It's a four- to six-month recovery. He can come back from it fully, and he's going to be the Jets quarterback next year. Beyond that, who knows? I think he's got one season to come back and try to do this thing for the Jets. I shall rise yet again. I shall rise yet again. <laughs> like the phoenix from the ashes, <laughs> I too shall rise yet again.
1: Yeah, he's he's going to be back. The question is, at his age, we ne- you never know. I mean, Brady's the,
2: hey, he's if, the outlier. What if Zach Wilson makes the same competition this year on this <laughs> <Let's> play? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. If he goes on as a great season, the Jets are doing well. And then Rodgers comes back in, and what if this team goes to the AFC Championship game? Let's say with I mean, Zach
1: Wilson. There's one quarterback that they've paid $75 million guaranteed to, and they have a huge cap hit if he's not. Yeah. Uh, Rodgers is Oh, well, it would
2: be great, but, a great situation, because then suddenly he made it tradable. Right.
1: Someone's like, hey, that's Zach Wilson pretty I think pretty his well. contract is up, I believe. Oh, his uh, rookie deal? Yeah. Uh, Chad, NSYNC is rumored to be the NFL halftime show for the Super Bowl, at least... Uh, that boy bands in general and at a great, uh, a great
2: column by guns, Mike Gunzelman at outkick. I'm going to, I'm going to quote the great gun show on this because his sources are telling him that rock nation who is throwing the halftime show, producing it, that they are exploring the possibility of a boy band themed halftime show that goes from new kids on the block to backstreet boys to in sync all over the place. Also, apparently, on I'm not following 98 Degrees or Nick Lachey on Instagram, but 98 Degrees has been posting things together (laughs) that makes two of us the dumb. (laughs) We may be the only two people on Instagram that aren't following 98 Degrees, (laughs) but me and Jessica Simpson didn't see this. Guns, however, did. They're now posting stuff together. So NSYNC is now together again, or at least presenting Taylor Swift in the award. Taylor Swift teased that something big might be coming. They are, I think... Recording a song for the Trolls movie that Justin Timberlake is uh, the big voice on. So, look, there's been worse halftime shows. I'll just say that as a boy band fan, if that, in fact, is the case. Now, what Guns also said was that Harry Styles would lead it, and there'd be kind of a one-direction angle, too. Um, Maybe Destiny's Child. I, I think that's too much. Like, let it be boy bands, or let it be Harry Styles. One big thing
1: on every NFL game. That is next on Hotline with Hutton Withrow.